And we're back on the Saturday morning. Steve Cashel and Dr. Greg Nicholson from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush subbing this week for Dr. Brian Cole at Sports Medicine Weekly here on 670 The Score, Chicago's premier sports medicine program, coming your way each and every Saturday from 8 to 9. And net proceeds from our program, Sports Medicine Weekly, go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the Live Active Now org fund. Our producer is Shane Reardon, coordinating producer Teresa Ann Seeger. Dr. Nicholson, all right, we're getting into uh, football season. My goodness, uh, Bears uh, several weeks ago started their training camp. Um, but boy, one topic keeps coming up besides concussions. It's the football heat deaths and the rising temperature. Let me give you a fact. Since 1995, three football players a year on average have died of heat stroke, most of them high schoolers, according to the National Center for Catastrophic Sport Injury Research, which tracks football injuries and deaths. In the last five years, the average was about two. Still, Doc, too many when these deaths are probably avoidable. Oh, I think you're right there, Steve. Uh, You know, we're coming into uh, high school football season. NFL camps are opening. Uh, I think the the athletes have gotten bigger. you know, linemen have gotten bigger. Uh, the climatization of an athlete uh, to hot weather uh, may or may not have happened. We're indoors a lot, air conditioning. Uh, I think if you look at the statistics, a lot of those uh, heat deaths are in the in the hotter states, California, Florida, Texas, sure. the southeast, uh, where, you know, the humidity is higher. Uh, now, we're playing sports all year round, but uh, – like here in the state of Illinois, you know, you're not supposed to start double sessions or pads till early August, but kids are doing seven-on-sevens and all these other drills. They've knocked out a lot of the double sessions, yes, even that, the pros now. Remember, it used to be two-a-days? Correct. And I, you know, I think there's rules now almost where you just don't do two-a-days. That's right, and, the, you know, a lot of them are uh, starting practice at 8 a.m. Uh, to stay out of the heat. Uh, but still, you know, there's, there's, there's heat exhaustion where kids or the players – uh, become a little lethargic. They're still sweating. You know, the the body has to cool itself, and that's the sweating mechanism and then the evaporation. Uh, but heat stroke, uh, which is very dangerous and where the, the athlete can die, that's where your your cooling mechanisms uh, have failed you or you've, you've, overdri- you've overdriven them. That means you've stopped sweating. Uh, your core temperature has gone up above 104 degrees or 40 degrees centigrade, and now you're getting into some organ failure. Mm. Um, the You must cool that body down, and you want to cool that body down quickly, and that's not drinking cold water. Uh, the problem is uh, twofold, really. Dehi- a little bit of dehydration, uh, the body mechanisms, and then there's some question about are we, should they be in pads? You know, are you covering the body? Um and the, and the sweating mechanisms. So, uh, you know, in the old days, you'd say, hey, take some, some salt tablets and keep you away from the water. That's the exact wrong thing to do. Do they even have salt tablets anymore? No. <laughs> Thank uh, they, you. They found out that <laughs> that was shouldn't. a terrible <laughs> idea. Yeah. Uh, but heat exhaustion, and let's face it, all, all these uh, athletes are going to be out in the heat. They're going to be exerting themselves. But you have to be you have to be diligent as the training staff and the coaching staff uh, on those changes, and you have to have water breaks. They have to stay hydrated. Uh, if an athlete is having some issues, immediately get them out of the sun. 
immediately get their their pads off. But you've got to cool that athlete down. And in the state of Florida, I know that they mandate these cooling tubs to be readily available. Uh, but that just doesn't happen. I mean, who's going to have a giant tub of ice at the sideline? Right, um, but right. I think that that when when you see this this tragedy of a teenager who's dying, that you look at those things again. Uh, so I think now heading into uh, football season here in Illinois, you know, we have hot, humid days here in uh, central Illinois, Chicago. Uh, you look at we always joke about St. Louis how hot and humid it is. So the the athlete has to be climatized. They have to be hydrated. Uh, the training staff and the coaching staff has to look for the warning signs. Uh, but it's a real, real issue, and there is a difference between heat exhaustion, which is serious, no doubt about it, but that heat stroke where now the body is not sweating, it's not evaporating, it's not cooling, and, and this can have organ failure, and uh, patients can die. Yeah, people cannot release as much heat through sweating. They're at a greater risk of uh, dangerously uh, overheating. Well, what's the best way? Give us some takeaways, uh, Doc, if you can, for the parents, the coaches, even the kids uh, about to um, you know, play their football seasons or going through those, uh, those late summer camps right now, of how to cool down the body. First and foremost, communicate. You're not, you know, you're not a wimp because you're having some heat-related things that can happen to anybody. Did you eat the wrong breakfast or the right breakfast? Did you, did you hydrate the night before or that day? It can get you. you gotta, you got to communicate to your coach or your training staff. Second thing, cool you down. Uh, get the pads off. Get into a uh, shady environment. Uh, they used to say, okay, we're going to put ice in your armpits and, yeah, in, your, I thought and, of that. and in your groin. Mm-hmm. That does work. Uh, they cold mist to mist you down because the water on your body is going to evaporate and cool you off. But if you're heading toward heat stroke, the big thing is uh, a an immersion, a cool bath. Get them in the locker room. If you don't have that uh, uh, cold tub, get them in the locker room, which is air conditioning, and get them in a, in a shower or a cold tub. Wow. you got to uh, cool the body down. What are some of the symptoms? All right, what if a young man out there or woman, you know, yep. young girl, even uh, playing soccer or p- participating in their fall sport, uh, starts to feel maybe, uh, do I have heat stroke? What would, I, what would it feel like? Uh, they'll have kind of whole body weakness. They, they'll almost look rubbery-legged. Uh, they will have some mental status changes. They'll, they'll tell you that uh, they don't know where they are or they have a headache. And that's a bad sign because now that dehydration and the heat stroke is starting to affect uh, maybe some some internal organs. So it's a lack of performance, mental status changes, uh, weakness. And interestingly enough, you'll look at that athlete and they will have almost stopped sweating. Uh, they, they're, they're no longer uh, – that, that, that evaporatory – uh, cooling mechanism is not working. So you've got to get the, the pads off or the clothes off to, to a great degree. Uh, but they'll, and you don't want to get it where they pass out, uh, but they can have things where they'll just go to their hands and knees because they just can't, they can't function. I think you broke, I think you bring up a good point in that um, it's not just Gatorade. It's not just the sport trick. It's not just cold water. That won't be the solution. It is not the the key, and I think this is where maybe 
uh, us as physicians or training staffs and things still think, hey, we'll just get you in the shade and we'll put some ice on your forehead. You, you need to cool that core temperature. Now, the core temperature of your body, once it gets up to 104, uh, it's a very dangerous situation. And there have been some studies that to get that core temperature back down takes about 60 minutes in, in, a, in a tub. Now, that's not ice. It's cold. Um, but so you, the, the clock's ticking there. All right, final question. I've got about two minutes left in the show, and then we got to go to Bruce Levine inside the clubhouse here on 670 The Score. Con- concussions. I know we can go for an hour, two hours on concussions and the CTE scare and all that, but um, what should parents, coaches, trainers be, be thinking about? Um, you know, a kid comes, comes away with a headache or maybe several hours after practice, you get your bell rung. Try not to use the helmet, obviously, as the weapon. Uh, true. We're, you know, the there's been a huge push and we're teaching tackling at the lower level totally differently now, but it can still happen. Happens in, in girls' soccer, happens in lacrosse, uh, happens in football. Um, communication, again, key uh, with your training staff and your coach and your parents. Um, and watching that athlete, not just that day, but the next day and the next day. Uh, those post-concussive Symptoms can last for a two or three days. And obviously, you want to decrease the activity level, decrease light, um, and and stay away from video games and computer screens that if they've had that because it really – there's something behind those screens that really uh, the light affects your eyes and does affect uh, your cognitive ability. So uh, concussions are a real thing, and we want to limit limit the effects – uh, it's the successive issues that get you. So uh, most high schools have those preseason concussive tests, and then you have to pass it. Then you got to pass it again before you're back out on the field. Yeah, maybe a baseline test for concussions, right? So you can keep a look at it. and even Every high school has to do it now. Yep, absolutely. Great stuff. Dr. Greg Nicholson, thanks so much, Doc, for, uh, for joining us, for substituting for Dr. Brian Cole. You've been marvelous, and uh, we hope to see you real soon. Continue uh, great success with Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Thanks, Steve. It's been a pleasure. All right, that's Dr. Greg Nicholson, shoulder, elbow specialist, sports medicine specialist. MOR, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, one of the team physicians for the Chicago Bulls and Chicago White Sox. Many thanks to our producer, Shane Reardon, coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Seeger. Also want to thank David Cole for managing the website and our business operations, as well as Samantha Smith from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. For Dr. Greg Nicholson, I'm Steve Cashel. We thank you for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly. Up next here on 670 The Score, that great baseball show inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine. Talk with you again next week.